So second time is the charm. <laughs> Let's do it. I feel like this is better though because I don't know. When I was like, I told you when I was watching the video yeah. that we did, I just felt like it needed to be on people's ears. Uh, I felt like the way that we were sitting, it made me uncomfortable because it was like me against you instead of us like having yeah. a conversation. This feels better. Yeah, so you yeah. feel good. Yeah, good. This okay. feels better. Shout out to Shonda, Army of Dreamers. <laughs> Uh, follow them on Instagram <laughs> at ALD Media Group. That's my shout out, you know, especially since she's letting us borrow her studio and equipment. So I'm here to talk about healing okay. with LaMica. So introduce yourself first. Uh, I'm LaMica. <laughs> I don't really have an introduction. That's just what it is. I know. That's, I'm just me. That's real. No last name. <laughs> like Beyonce. I've had three already. Yeah. Like, no, my my first name. I don't need a last name. That's real. <laughs> to the people who are from Lamica's side, who are watching this because y'all know Lamica, I'm Tajel. Uh, how we know each other? I talked about this last time, but <laughs> I'm going to tell my stories again because they are hilarious to me. So the first one is, I know Lamica from the first situation. I kind of hung out with your sisters for a little bit. And I remember you were just the older sister, just on the phone, doing your tween age things. Uh, and I remember I got hit by a car on your sister's bike, shall I add. <laughs> and I just went to school the next day because you were friends with a lot of the eighth graders that were there. And I was in the sixth grade and they were just like, oh, my gosh, Tajel and Micah told us you got hit by a car. Are you Okay. <laughs> And I was just like, oh, that was so sweet. She telling everybody I got hit by a car. But not, I mean, because I felt bad. Yeah, I didn't think it was malicious or anything. That's crazy. I didn't think anything of it. I was just like, wow. Because Jessica was the person who came up to me. And she was so sweet about it. You know what I mean? It wasn't any kind of like, girl, you can't ride a bike. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of feel. Yeah, so, like, what was going on around that time? Like, one, I was real dramatic, so everything mm-hmm. was the end of the world. But um, really just trying to figure out, like, my family situations, mm-hmm. like, with my real dad versus my stepdad and my mom. Just, like, trying to find my place in all of it mm-hmm. and do what was best for me. Did you have a relationship? Like, what was your relationship like with your stepdad and your real dad? Um what like separately Mm -hmm. like what was confusing about that okay so I want to say maybe when I was like seven it came up that I wasn't going to see my real dad anymore ever again really Mm -hmm. he wasn't to be in my life I couldn't contact him any of that so I went from seeing him every other weekend to nothing um I remember one time my stepfather being like you still call that nigga daddy I bet not hear you calling him that. I buy you everything. I do everything for you. Don't do that. Confuse the hell out of me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm seven. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, well, that's my daddy. Like, what do you mean? So, from that point on, I'm like, I'm never calling him daddy again. Even to this day, it's real awkward. It's like, well, I was told I shouldn't say that. And now I'm processing it. But it's like, that stuff is traumatic. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, like... I don't know if I told you before, but um, when I was going to DECA, 
my real father knew where I went to school. Mm-hmm. So I had a history of every time he found out what school I went to, they would switch my school. Mm-hmm. I love DECA, of course. And my brother went there. So he knew that I went to that school. Mm-hmm. Me and my brother had class together, you know, whatever. <sighs> my parents find out that he knows what school I go to. So they switched me. How'd they find out, though? <laughs> Uh-oh. I'm like... <laughs> Uh, okay, so at the course of all this, I had been sneaking to contact him. Mm-hmm. Your dad or your brother? My real dad. Okay. Me and my brother, like, it was okay, like, yeah. as far as my brother, it wasn't nothing they can do. But um, at one point, he, my real dad bought me a cell phone. My dumb ass, yeah. not knowing that it was in his name when you call somebody's house phone, the name pops up. So I don't remember if I called my mom, like the house phone or my grandmother or something, but his name pops up and it's me on the phone. And I'm like, oh, I'm just using my friend's phone. Yeah. But they found out that way. And my stepdad rolled up on me. I remember being at the bus stop and he's like, get your ass in the car. Give me the fucking phone. Like, yeah. I'm just like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Still playing stupid. Yeah. Of course, I can't <laughs> outsmart them at that yeah. point. But, like, it was crazy. So, from that moment, how long did it take for them to take you out of DECA? Um, a couple weeks, maybe. It wasn't that okay. long at all. Like, you're going to try with it now. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. don't send me there. They stuck up. <laughs> like, from firsthand experience, what kind of effect did that have on you? Um, One, it's confusing. Because it's like, well, this was my dad. Now it's not my dad. Now this man, who's not even a good dad, is my dad. Like, it's, it's so much. And um, I felt like... At one point, I was so mad at everybody. I'm like, well, I got two dads, and it's not even equaling up to one. Like, mm-hmm. it's just two. <laughs> Damn. You know? But I was that upset because it's yeah. like, well, he's not fighting for me. He mm. don't want me back. And then this man is so mean to me. You know, what do I do? So I kind of felt like I was just stuck. I don't know. I don't really know how to explain it, but it's a hard spot to be in. Yeah. Especially because, like, my mom, she has these reasons why she don't want me being bothered with him or mm-hmm. whatever. But she wouldn't tell me. She's yeah. like, well, he ain't this, he ain't that. She would talk about him, mm-hmm. but she wouldn't Ugh. explain things to me. Did she ever tell you? Um, she would say stuff like, he don't pay for your stuff. Oh. It's like, okay. Yeah. Whatever that means. Yeah. Like, I'm taking care of it. I don't know. But she didn't really go into detail until I was probably like 18, 19. Mm-hmm. On a ride back from college one day. Wow, that's random. I know. (laughs) So, what was your relationship like with your stepdad? Uh, It was weird. Like, I always felt like he was bipolar. Mm -hmm. I still feel that way. But some days it was really good, and then some days it was really bad. And I never knew which day it was going to be what. Really? Mm -hmm. Like, it was always better if, like, he, he would leave. And then I would call and ask him for things. So, hey, you mind if such and such comes over? If he's gone, he's going to say, yeah. Yeah. He's going to be real sweet to me. If he's in the house, he's angry. I was hoping that he was always gone. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was really weird because he taught me a lot. And especially, like, a a lot of what not to tolerate from men and, you know, how to navigate that world. He was really good at that because, of course, he was a dog. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he taught me all that stuff. And, like, he would take me places, and, of course, he bought stuff, but emotionally, it was awful. Mm-hmm. Terrible. So, what was the, was the relationship between your mom and dad terrible? Or, I mean, your mom and stepdad? Um, terrible? I, I don't know. I don't really know how to explain it. It just was. Yeah. 
it was normal. So I, I didn't really like, oh my gosh, this is bad. Oh, I remember you saying something like you were like, you had to keep everything together. Mm-hmm. Like you felt the responsibility of keeping everything in your household together. Mm-hmm. I really didn't. Like, what does that look like? Um, so making sure all the other kids are taken care of. Making sure that if something crazy is happening, I don't cry with everybody else because I have to figure out the next steps or the next moves. Um, I was always cleaning up. Yeah. <laughs> like, day-to-day stuff. Yeah. And so, what was the relationship like with your mom? Like Me geez. and my mom? Yeah. Uh, it felt like an older sister type situation sometimes. Like, it would just be like, oh my gosh, that's dumb. Like, why are you doing that? Like, that was always my perspective. I didn't understand some of the things, especially like understanding domestic violence and like how you think that people can just walk out and it ain't necessarily that easy. So from my perspective, it's just like, I don't really trust her decision making. Mm -hmm. I don't know if she'll flip on me. She will flip on me to save herself from him. Mm -hmm. So it was really hard. It was like, "Mm, I don't really want to open up. Why should I? Mm-hmm. So you, so you're saying that she would do that, or you thought that she no, would flip on you? No, she, she had, she did that. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. A couple times. I can only imagine like what kind of hurt as somebody's child. I was angry. I wasn't hurt. Like I didn't know what hurt felt like. I, the only thing I knew how to feel was anger. Mm-hmm. It's like why would you do this? But I felt like she didn't care about me because she was willing to save herself over me. She was willing to keep us in the situation. Like, how do you, how can you care about somebody if you leave them in that situation Mm. or constantly put them in that position, especially a kid? Yeah. So you grew up in this atmosphere and then came college. Were you excited to get out? Absolutely. Really? I, I told myself from the time I was like 13 or 14, I counted down. Like, I just have to make it to 18. As long as I can survive until I'm 18, I'll be okay. And I'm never coming back. I promise I'm never coming back. Like, I would write it all the time. I would write that down. So, it's like, I don't care what y'all do. As long as I can make it to 18, I'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And you never went back? Uh, I mean, for, like, Christmas and Uh stuff. But, like, going back to live? Yeah. Absolutely Okay. I didn't even, like, go in there on breaks. Yeah. One of my counselors at school, she would be like, you're really going to stay until the last possible minute mm-hmm. when they clean in dorms out. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Would they, do they open again? I will be right back. What'd you do for the summers? I went home one summer, at the summer after my freshman year, and I was trying to find an apartment so bad mm-hmm. and get back in school, <laughs> and it just didn't work. Yeah. But um, after that, I just took summer school. Mm-hmm. You made a commitment. I wasn't playing. Yeah. Like, that's the type of person I am. It's like, when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. I'm going to figure it out. And that's what it is. Mm-hmm. So when you left, did things get worse in the house? Or do you know? Like, <laughs> something crazy that happened was um, I remember one of my siblings calling me and was like, Dad stopped drinking. He had a drinking problem my whole goddamn life. Like, drank, 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 empty stuff all on the counters, like, just smelled of Hennessy. Like, mm-hmm. I can't stand that smell to this day. I don't remember seeing anything in your house. <laughs> it's cr- like because I would have to clean up. Like yeah, we, yeah, we had to make sure everything was clean. But um, he would get drunk, and it would be nighttime too. You would be over during the day, so most uh, of the time during the day he's gone or he's yeah. like in and out. You don't remember? I remember he would that. be in and out of the yeah. house. So 
But yeah. Um, so you said when he said he stopped drinking. Yeah, he stopped drinking when I went to school. Magically, wow. like I was the problem, and I felt like I was the problem. Mm-hmm. I was like, you drank because of me. Mm-hmm. Must have hated me. But oh well, I'm out of there now. Oh well. And then um, I don't think it got better. But what happened when I went to school was I wasn't a part of the household no more. So whatever happens in our house stays in our house. LaMichael's <gasps> not here. Don't tell her. My siblings would get in trouble if they would tell me things while I was at school. So it's like I knew crazy. some stuff, but I didn't really know everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was the crazy thing. He stopped drinking. Yeah. I'm, okay. Like, really, from the time that I can remember my whole life, he like would go out yeah. and drink. So all of a sudden, I go to school and you done drinking just like that. That seems backwards to me. So you stop drinking. Mm-hmm. Obviously, not obviously, but I feel like from the stop drinking point, things are supposed to get better. Mm-mm. When you stop numbing yourself to your situation and what's going on around you, you see how much of a mess you've made. Mm-hmm. Um, he saw like I remember it must have been my sum the summer after freshman year. I was in the house. Everybody had left. I don't know why I was there. It was me and him there. And he comes in the room where I am and he's crying. And he's like, well, Michael, why don't nobody like me? And I was just like, because you're mean. You should probably look into bipolar and seeing if you are. <laughs> Dead serious. I, I said that. Because, <laughs> I mean, I was like learning. I still yeah. had taken psychology. And I'm like, wow. this is him. Wow. And come to find out, he went and got on bipolar medicine. Okay. He went to the, the doctor and was talking to a counselor or something. And he got on bipolar medicine. I was right. The symptoms had been showing up in other family members, and it was him the whole time. Wow. Mm-hmm. So how do you go from not drinking, understanding your situation, sort of, kind of, I don't know where he was with that. And getting help, seeking help, being on medication just to flip. I don't know. Um, there was some other things that happened. I remember we had to call the police on him one night. We had went to Burger King and came back and um, I heard my mom upstairs yelling and he wouldn't let her out. We knocking on the door like we need to talk to her. We need to see her. And he like, he started cussing us out. I'm, at this point, I'm like, I'm grown. I'm calling the police. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we called the police and my mom came downstairs with scratches on her neck. And we like, what What happened to you? What did he do to you? And she like, nothing. I just got scratched. I just got scratched. The, poli- the police didn't get a chance to come because he made us turn off all the lights in the house. And then we went in the basement. And then when they called back, he had my mom answer and say that we were playing on the phone pretty much. And then we ended up leaving. So he made everybody leave out the house so that nothing, like he wouldn't get in trouble. Long story short, they have been looking for him for like a murder of somebody else. Like murdering somebody else, which that's a whole other thing. But he was scared of that and paranoid and was crying in the basement. And he just kept apologizing. It was so crazy to me. Like seeing that as an adult. I was probably like 19. Yeah. Was any of this ever scary to you or was it normal? Um, I wasn't scared of him. Like, I wasn't scared of him doing anything to me. I never had that fear. Um, But it was, like, normal. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's normal. Okay, so what year did, like, what grade were you in in college? Was it when he killed your mom? So it was the summer before my senior year. Mm-hmm. Did it look like things were going to go up when he started getting help? When he started 
Um, I knew my mom wanted to leave him. Mm-hmm. I knew she had been wanting to leave him since I was really young. I saw divorce papers when I was really young that she never filed. She this was like 2001. I was like 11. Yeah. So she was kind of like, uh, I'm going to divorce him. I think that same year, his mom died and she was going to uh, file papers and then his mom died. So she's like, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to wait a little bit. So she didn't at that moment. But she had already made her mind up that she was done with him before. Like, he tried to get sober as an after. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm going to get sober now. I'm going to fix it. I can't lose you, whatever. Because all his confidence was in my mom. Mm-hmm. So he was nothing without her after he left the streets and whatever. So it was just, uh, it was weird. Because he was like, oh, I'm going to do whatever she needs me to do. Mm-hmm. And it was too late. And when was this period? So his, I think it was 2011. February of 11, when his mom died. So, mm-hmm. it's 10 or 11, one of those. But um, at that point, she had already made her mind up. And this, okay, so 2011. That was the year she got killed. Oh. Mm-hmm. And so, is that the reason? Do you know why? Uh, he was she like, was leaving. Mm-hmm. He didn't want no parts of that. Like I said, he was nothing without her, for real. He didn't want her to leave. So what happened? Where were you that day? At school. Probably, I think me and Jeff were arguing at the time or something. Something petty, something stupid. Mm-hmm. And my phone just keeps going off. And to this day, I don't like hearing my phone ring. I My phone has to be with me. Like, it's just an anxiety mm-hmm. thing. Uh, and my sisters were calling me, trying to figure out when I was coming because he had just killed my mom and she was still in the driveway in her brand new car. I still can't like drive past the street and like not think about it. I've been in the house. Um, I ride past and I don't, it feels like empty. I don't know how to describe it, but it's like a weird, eerie feeling. But I, I rode past a few times. Yeah, no, I'm saying like, you know, when you drive up a street, you, you go to a park and you're like, that's where I had my first kiss. That's where I learned how to ride a bike. Like, when I ride past that street, I just think about that. It's like, I don't know. It's just, I understand what you're saying when you say it feels eerie. It just, it's just not the same street. You know, that street is supposed to be like, yeah, that's where we rode our bikes. That's where, you know, we made fun of the girl across the street. Uh, you know, different <laughs> stuff like that. But I didn't make fun of her. I used to give her clothes. Oh, no, you didn't. But... <laughs> Yeah, so, I don't know. That's where I am. So It's confusing. I never know how to feel. Yeah. It's like, whoa, does that mean my whole life was a lie? Am I supposed to, like, acknowledge that the good times didn't happen? Like, I'm always torn. I never really know how to feel. Are there days where you do acknowledge the good times? Are there days where you do acknowledge the bad times? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm finding a balance. Yeah. Yeah. Because I did have some good times. I don't want to take that away from my life. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I could be really miserable about Mm -hmm. what happened and just be like, this was my whole life. But my life is more than that. That's why I wanted to talk to you because I feel like I feel like people go through things like this and they just like. They just don't know how to get past it. And it's like. To heal, you have to hurt. And a lot of times we get stuck in the hurt. And I've been seeing you on Facebook. 
<laughs> and I've been like seeing like you just really trying to grow and trying to heal and just like talking about all this stuff. Have you always been at that point? Has it always been your mindset? Um, something that I always told myself was if I'm not okay, I will be. Mm. Even from the time I was a little girl, like, no, I'm not okay, but I will be. And I always meant it. So I felt like that was another thing. Well, yeah, my life is pretty fucked up right now, but I'm pretty sure I can get my life together. Like, I've always been optimistic in that sense. I've always been really honest about what was going on, but it's like, well, yeah, it took me years to get to this point. It wasn't just like a, I'm not going to give a fuck no more. It's like, okay, well, I can't care because this is how I feel. And if I make you upset, but I'm hurting because I'm not telling you how I feel, like, how do you know how you navigate that? And it's like, well, I can't care if you're upset about how I feel because this is exactly how I feel. Mm-hmm. You have to deal with that. That's not my responsibility. So, like, what happens? After your stepdad kills your mom, like, how did he try to have a relationship with you? Did he ever call to apologize? Um, one, he's crazy, but he wasn't coming to me. Okay. I'm not the one. I think he tried to write me a letter or something, wrote it to my grandmother's house, and sent, like, $50. My sisters that opened it, and I was like, okay, get rid of the letter, and whoever wants the $50, just take it. I don't really care. And. Mm-mm. My number was the same for nine years. He never not once tried to call me. Like, mm-mm. not me. But he, you know, he reaches out to other people in the family or whatever. But I think he knew that I wasn't going for it. So, I guess I don't have a finger on what kind of relationship y'all had with you growing up. Was it bittersweet? Did you ever like him or love him? Uh, sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes it was cool. Uh, when we had people around and he was like entertaining and like trying to have fun, you yeah. know, of course I want to enjoy that. I mean, it was times where he would like buy me stuff because that was a big thing in our house. We buy each other's affection. So yeah, he always bought me stuff. But outside of that, I would just be like, ugh. So you don't feel like it was a lot, I mean, lost, like, you didn't feel like you lost two parents that day, or, I don't know. I just. Not really. Yeah. Uh, no, not really. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about it. Not him. It was just like, well, he chose that life. Like, you decided this for yourself, so I don't have sympathy for that. So after that happened, where were you in your life, like? Well, I mean, that summer, I was still in school, so I had to pull my shit together and finish strong, which I I was on Dean's list. How crazy is that? Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I think that that next week or the next few days, I went went back to school and I had to finish my classes. Like, that was my commitment. Like, y'all can't, y'all craziness can't stop my situation, Mm -mm, because I can't come back here, so... Went back to school. I mean, I had to make sure my siblings had stuff for school the following school year or whatever, but uh, it was business as usual, really. Did you need to heal from the situation? Um, At that point, I wasn't ready. Where did you finally start realizing like, oh, okay, I'm really messed up from this or this really had an effect on me. I need to do something about it. Uh, I mean, I knew it. Mm-hmm. I knew it immediately, but I didn't have time. In my mind, mm-hmm. it was like, 
school is pressing. That I can just handle at some point. It's like, it is what it is. Like, it ain't nothing I can do. That's how I felt. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I kind of just accepted whatever it was and went through the motions of life. I'll say that for a long time. I did what I had to do. I was surviving. And then um, I started the photography business. I had my son by this point. Me and Jeff were married by this point. And uh, my business was doing well. Starting to make a lot of money, able to pay bills with it. And then I was like, I'm not happy. And this is weird. Mm -hmm. I have everything that I could ever want. Why? Why do I feel empty? Why do I feel like... Like, I wasn't sad, but it was just, like, blank, almost. It was really weird. That was the point where I'm like, okay, I have to start digging. So when you dug, what did you find? Everything. (laughs) Yeah. Myself, really. Mm -hmm. But, um... Just so much. It was a lot of mess in there. It was a lot of stuff that didn't belong to me in there. A lot of confusion. Mostly anger. It's a lot of stuff I didn't want. Stuff I didn't want to see. Maybe that's why I put it off for so long. And I think I was always scared of what I would see. How do you dig? You just sit there and like just think. Like what did you do to dig? I started writing. That was the only way I knew how to say how I felt. Like, mm-hmm. talking to a therapist wasn't going to help me because that wasn't what I was used to. I was used to writing out my feelings. So I started doing that. Um, I think I was on Pinterest or something, and it was like journal prompts. Mm-hmm. It was a list of journal prompts. I'm like, okay. Well, every day I'll ask myself two of these questions, and I'll just write. And then it started going, and I'm like, wow. Wow, this feels good. And I just kept writing. I don't know what feels good to me yet. Like, <laughs> this feels good. Like, talking to people feels good and stuff. But I haven't found, like, anything that's just like, oh, yeah. Like, I'm doing this and time is passing. And really? I just don't. Like, I'm looking at the clock. But maybe that's just my personality. I'm always looking at the clock. No. No? <laughs> no. You will find something that you get lost in time with. Yeah. Is it nine o'clock or something right now? Cause nah, I'm joking. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> well, that's dope. I really like that. And that piece that you sent me, one thing that I really loved about it and something that I took from that is the part where you were like, I love all versions of myself. Like I'm learning to accept. And this, this isn't what you say exactly. So people, I'm just <laughs> paraphrasing. Oh God. But it was like, I love the whore. I love the, I don't know, thief. I love, I don't know. Oh my gosh, don't. (laughs) (laughs) But I was like, it was just like all the positive. Yes, please. That'd be dope. Did I? I know I had sent it to you. This was really like one of those things I had to read multiple times. Like. Really? Why? Because I feel like, you know, when you read something, with anything, you have to watch it or read it twice to catch some things that you miss. So I felt like I had to just catch everything, like, and also I was trying to, like, figure out how I was going to do our interview, so I was like, let me read this a couple times so I can figure it out. Okay. I, please get the line right, because you can't be calling me all types of I don't read. <laughs> right? Do you want to read it? No, I'd rather not. Okay, I'm going to read it. You can't be mad at how I read it, though. As long as you say the words that's on the paper. And I not will. Make up nothing. 
I write with the string. You heard it here first. This is an exclusive. <laughs> I should charge for this. Oh, wait. This is your <laughs> work. <laughs> oh All right. Here we go. I write with the strength of 10,000 women inside of me. The goddess, the whore, the angel, and the demon all seek to be honored, respected, understood, and validated. My work seeks to find this understanding, come to a conclusion that all of these elements can coexist inside of me. Mm. That's the truth. It's real. It's crazy. I think when I read that, I stopped. I stopped. Too like, much. It was too much. Was I just lot. had to reflect. <laughs> You know, because there's things inside you that you are just trying to get rid of, like... And for what? Yes. For what? Like, every part of who I am is necessary in in one situation or another. Why do I have to suppress this? Like, yes, I have to be aware of it and have control of it, but I don't have to try to deny that part of me. It just don't make sense for me anyway. I don't know. That's that's that. It is what it is. Yeah, I like... I don't know. It, it just felt like I was going through my life and it's like, well, I can be a bitch or I can be an asshole. I probably shouldn't be that. I should just be a good girl. Like, that's what people expect from me. And it's like, well, no, because if you got me fucked up, you got me fucked up. Yeah. I don't care what you think of me because I know what I am. I have to let you know. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that's why I left that interview and I went to work and I told that. Oh, no, nah, I'm joking. <laughs> No, but that's, I like that part. I like that piece. I like that about you. Like, I just really like how real you are, you know? And we use that word so loosely sometimes. But I just really feel like, like it is what it is around you. If I say something, you'll let me know what it is. If I ask you a question, you're not going to answer it. You're not, you like people, some, I feel like there are people in this world who will answer my question and then walk away like, she got too deep. I'm upset with her. Like I used to answer. be like that. Yeah. And um, I I made myself upset. It's like, I can't blame you. You did what you were supposed to do. I'm mad at myself because I should have stood up for myself. I should have had my mm-hmm. own back. And there were too many times where I didn't. It's like, well, no, I have to have my own back all the time. And the only way to do that is to like myself somewhat. And just be aware of everything. So it's like, yeah, you can't tell me I'm rude. Yeah, I have a tendency to be that way. It's the truth. And, like... Oh, my God. <laughs> but, but really, that's, like, a part of accepting who I am. hmm I mean, the world would be better if everybody else did it, too. So I want to go into, like, like your like your hobbies or, like, what you do. Because I know every time I get online, it's something else. Like... First, you started your photography. I do whatever I, I don't know. Just whatever I feel. Then I saw you started sewing. I see like a dress halfway finished. I'm like, oh, so she's sewing now. And then you send me a piece from your book. I'm like, oh, she's writing. So like, what all, what all, right, what all do you do? I think you got everything. I still do photography when I'm asked. Um, I sew most of the year. And then like when I take time for myself or like every day I write. So even with like everything that I've written that I'm putting together, it's not just, okay, I'm going to sit down and write a book. I write every day. So it's come together over time. So I'm doing my other things. And this is just something that comes together. And I always said I was going to be a writer. Mm-hmm. When I was little, I'm like, I'm going to publish a book. So all the creative mm-hmm. stuff, I never really thought about it. I was going to be a psychologist and I was going to have a book. So I mean, it feels natural. 
right. A lot of the stuff that you are doing, like you told me you got the sewing machine, it was your mom's. The camera was your mom's. Mm-hmm. Do you feel a kind of way? Do you feel like there's a connection there or you just use it? Um, it's just there. That's funny. Um, the camera, I felt that it was like, okay, this is something that she loved. She was obsessed with it. I couldn't even touch the camera when she was alive. How crazy is that? She would say, bring me the camera. But as far as like trying to use it, absolutely not. So um, like once it was left to me, I'm like, okay, what do I do? She never taught me how to use it. She never taught me anything about it. I mean, I would help her set up or, you know, sit and watch. But like, oh, now I got the camera to myself. Let's see what I can do. And then uh, something that I didn't really expect was people comparing me Mm -hmm. to her. And I didn't know how I felt. Mm-hmm. And the only way to own that was putting her, a part of her name in my business name. So Ariana Lynn, it's my middle name and her middle name. Mm-hmm. And I put that together. I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'm carrying on a legacy or whatever. It worked until it didn't. Mm-hmm. Because people be like, oh my gosh, you got that talent from your mom. And I would just be like, she can teach <laughs> I got this camera from her. Yeah. So that made me, it made me uncomfortable and I didn't really know how to deal with it. And then it was like, well, I've been working on this for years and I've been learning and my shit looks really good. Like, tell me that I'm doing good for myself. Don't compare me to that. Mm-hmm. Like, people's intentions are good sometimes, but it's not always received that way. Mm-hmm. So, when can we expect your dress line? I don't know. <laughs> I'm taking my time with it. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it, and um, the first time around with the swimwear, it felt rushed. We felt like we were on somebody's time. I don't know whose or what. We were just so just rushing, and I don't want to feel that ever again. It was too much. It was too intense. It was fire, though. All them photo shoots y'all had in the woods. It was fun. Swimming underwater. Looking like, well, I was about to say tadpoles, but I was just (laughs) flattering. But dang, girl, y'all had body. I was like, dang, if only I felt like going to the gym. But no, at that point, I think I was at my smallest. I was stressed. Mm. I wasn't really eating like I should have been. I was trying to gain my weight back. Like at one point, I got so stressed. And like my normal weight is like 120, 125. I was down to 107 pounds. Wow. And I looked in the mirror and I, I don't like this. I don't like any of this. I don't know what I'm doing. It was around that same time. What same time? With the swimwear and all that stuff. So oh. when we were in those pictures, I'm like, Ew. Really? Mm-hmm. That is crazy. Perspectives. So I think, okay, so overall, the purpose, the reason why I wanted to talk to you is because one day I told you I was thinking about you, like randomly. I was thinking about your hair and I was like, I wonder how she doing. And then you posted this long thing like, I'm ready to heal. And of course, this is me paraphrasing. But it was long and I was like, wow, that's crazy. I want to talk to her now. So like, what would you say to somebody who's been through anything, something life-changing or traumatic? I don't know if that's what you call it, but what would you say? Um, Where do they start? Allow yourself to feel whatever it is that you feel. Allow yourself to be mad, sad, whatever. Whatever it is, just feel it. And if you don't feel anything, you need to start there, too, because that just means that something ain't right. I mean, at that time, I didn't know. I was just numb. It's like, well, this is normal. I've been numb for years and years and years, probably since I was like 12, 13. 
So for me, it was like, well, I guess I, I just ain't supposed to feel nothing because I don't. Now I know that that wasn't healthy. Anger is a secondary emotion. So it's sadness I'm up under it. So I'm like, okay, if I'm walking around mad, that means I'm probably sad. So what am I sad about? Mm. Just I, I really had to start asking myself questions because I didn't know how to just feel or cry or whatever. Like that would have been perfect if I could have, but I really had to ask myself, like, so how do you feel? And then it was so confusing because it was like, well, me and my mom had this type of relationship. And it's like, well, yeah, I'm sad that she's gone, but I'm still holding on to anger about the stuff that happened that we didn't even get to address. So it was confusing. It was so much that I just couldn't understand. I think that people also need to borrow your mantra, the one where you say, I'm not okay now, but you say it because I'm tired of paraphrasing. If I am okay, I will be. (laughs) Okay. So if you're not okay, you will be. Mm -hmm. Mm, I try to remind myself that too. When things are hard, like I've been here before, I always get better. Things are always, and that's been really helpful for the past couple years. I think it, I don't know, it, it puts me in a place where I'm in charge of what happens next. Like if I choose to be mad, that's okay. I'm not okay. When I'm ready to be okay, yeah, I told myself I will be. Now it's time. Let's mm-hmm. start moving forward. So what is next? Uh, enjoying life. That's all I care about at this point. Like all the hobbies and creative stuff I do. I mean, it's to express everything that I've been through and then to just get it out so that I don't hold it inside. I love creating, so I'm always going to do that, but I just want to do some fun shit. Like, I don't want to have to worry about the stressful stuff. Like, I know things happen in life, but it's been so much in my life that it's only up from here. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. Well, y'all can find me at <laughs> Tajel Jare. That's T-E-J-A-L Jare, J-A-R-R-A-E on Instagram. Follow me. It's lit. LaMica, where can they find you at? Um, I guess Instagram too, even though I'm not on it as much. But Micah Carter, M-I-C-A, Carter. Yeah, and you you still got those pictures I took up there too. too. I took everything down. Oh my gosh, I got inboxes out. You took all your pictures down. Yes. And y'all, don't forget to uh, follow Army of Dreamers, AOD Media Group on Instagram.